Welcome to Boston's Best, a podcast where you go behind the scenes with financial planner Mark Condon as he asks industry-leading experts in and around Boston to talk about their businesses. Mark will find out what sets these companies apart from their competition and how they have risen above the inevitable challenges they have faced along the way to their ultimate success. And now, here's your host, Mark Condon. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to episode 73 of Boston's Best, brought to you by Condon Productions. The goal of this podcast is to highlight businesses in and around Boston. My guest on today's podcast is David Hobaker. David is the co-owner of Easton Pool and Spa with his brother, Bob. Easton Pool and Spa is a family-owned business with over four decades of crafting high-quality in-ground pools in southeastern Mass, Cape Cod, and the Vineyard. The company was started by David's father, Henry, in 1957, and they have grown into one of the largest pool companies in the area. We also talk about how Dave worked elsewhere for a couple years out of college before being recruited back into the family business by his brother, Paul. Dave realized the opportunity that was presented in front of him, and he took over the sales aspect of the business. In this episode, we also talk about the newest exciting line of their business. They're called plunge pools. Plunge pools are the fastest growing category of pools out there. They're smaller in size and they're lower in cost, which makes them a perfect fit for tight yards and budgets. A traditional pool could be an 18 by 36 foot area, whereas the plunge pools can be a 9 by 16 foot area. This was bred out of COVID and has absolutely taken off for them. And be sure to listen to the end as Dave shares the advice he'd give to someone looking to start their own business what he would tell his 18-year-old self, and how he defines success in any given year. And so, with that introduction, I hope you enjoy this episode of Boston's Best. Good morning. This week, we have Dave Hobaker. Dave is the co-owner of Eastern Pool and Spa. How you doing, Dave? Great. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for coming on Boston's Best. I'm excited to have you guys on here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the invite. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I know we were joking around. It took me a little while to to get you on here, but I think I reached out to you over the summer. So it's probably not the best I, time to have a pool company. You on. You may have. It was, might have. I might have been a little bit busy. So yeah. but thank, <laughs> thanks for your patience. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to have you guys on here. We've known each other. I think. I think is uh, 2013. I think is when I joined Vagabond. Um, so we've known I, yeah, each other. Yeah, eight, eight, nine years or so. I'd yeah, say. Sounds, yeah, sounds about right. So give us a little background uh, before we get into the business and everything that you guys do. Give us a little background on yourself and how the company got started. Are you from Massachusetts originally? Yeah, I grew up in Easton, uh, actually in Walpole till I was seven. Then we moved to Easton. My dad started the business. He actually got started in the pool business in the late 50s. He was a school teacher and he ended up working for his neighbor who had a swim pool business, learned the business. And then the neighbor eventually, a couple of years later, was closing up shops. So my dad kind of took the business over and worked that in the summers, might have put in two maybe four pools a summer nice okay. you know decent extra income and then when we moved to easton in 1972 we started he built our pool built the neighbor's pool built the friend's pool and it was just kind of on from there that the business got going and then in in the mid 80s uh, he had been an administrator in the brockton school system and in the mid 80s proposition two and a half came around they made a bunch of cuts uh they basically froze his pay, made him a principal uh, in a particular one school, a couple of schools in, in Brockton. And at the same time, the business was thriving. And wow. he happened to have uh, myself and my two brothers who were each a year and two years older than me in the business. And um, he just decided it was it was time to, to get out of education. And he never looked back. He retired in 85, I think it was. Wow. And it just kind of went from there. 
So that's awesome. So he started just doing it on the side and over summer, like while he was off from school for friends and neighbors pools. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and even through the, through the eighties, when he, and like late seventies and eighties, when he was an administrator and he worked basically all summer, he would, uh, you know, after work, he'd go to the jobs or he'd go out on a sales call. Again, he had my brothers working in the field, kind of going to the jobs once they had their license and yeah. it worked out. There was three of us. So my older brother, who's now, who's my business partner, uh, Bob, he, he kind of, he was the guy that liked playing in the dirt. He was sort of the construction guy. My brother, Paul, he was very mechanically inclined. So he was kind of gravitated to the service side. And then I was left to kind of, once we opened up the retail store in 1982, I kind of went work retail. So I was sort of on the sales side. So we yeah. all had complementary skills that, that really worked, worked well during the early years. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So just did your dad have any background on this or did he just go to people's backyards and start digging up holes? Like, how do you... Like <laughs> he didn't have any back any background at all until he worked for his neighbor. So he he kind of right. worked under him for a few years to to kind of learn what it took to build a pool. He was there weren't many companies building pools back then, and it, there wasn't really a huge demand at that time. So and he had his um, his brother was in the business with him for a little bit as well, uh, who's an engineer, and he kind of helped work with him a little bit part time. So got it. Okay, got it. And so when you guys started roughly if you can remember that far back like how many pools were you doing annually when you and your three brothers started how does that compare to what you guys are doing now i would say through the early to mid 80s we were probably doing 15 pools maybe 20 pools a season as as we got through the late 80s that was maybe in the 40s probably by the early 90s we were in the 50s and then i think i think it was 90 97 and 98, we did uh, 99 pools one year. Wow. Was, was, and that was the most we had ever done up, up until today, you know, now. Uh, but for the last probably 12 years or more prior, pre-COVID, we were doing, we, we kind of settled in at 60 to 65 pools a year. That was a great number. We do a lot of custom work. And that, and that was just a very manageable number for us. Yeah. That's changed now since COVID. But, um, but that was kind of where we were at then. We had uh, we do a lot of service, so we've got three. Right now, we've got four crews on the road. You know, every every day in the summer, just you know, in the, in the early part of the season, opening pools, latter part of the year, closing them, and then just doing all kinds of service and maintenance during the you know, the main part of the year. We've got three retail stores uh, that we sell all the supplies and chemicals and equipment, and so that keeps us pretty busy as well. So we've got the three distinct divisions, and the service and construction in particular are really good to have. Uh, during the times where we've had the slow slowdown in the economy and new construction dipped down, uh, having the the service department and the retail help really help pay the bills, and it was good to have that be a little diversified. A lot of companies that didn't have that that didn't survive, so they if they couldn't if they couldn't build the number of pools they were used to, then you know not having that extra those extra divisions would hurt hurt them for sure. Yeah. So where where are your three retail stores now? I, obviously Easton. Yeah, our main location's in Easton on 138. Uh, then we we open up in 91 in Walpole. We're on uh, Route 27, corner Route 27 and 1A in Walpole. And then we, uh, about three or four years ago, we opened up a location in Pocasset on, on Route 28 on the Cape. Just Got a few it. miles over the Bourne Bridge. Okay. Yeah, because you do a lot of work down the Cape, right? We do. We do a lot on the Cape. We do a lot on the Vineyard. Uh, we don't do anything on Nantucket, but we're, we're, we're just 
super busy in the Cape and, and the vineyards have been a great market for us. We do a lot there. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of a lot of custom pools that you guys have built. I've, I've seen your social media posts and I went to your website. You guys have a lot of really creative designs and pools that you've built. Who is that a collaboration of everybody in the company that helps build the pools? Is there somebody in particular that is in charge of all that? Is that you? I do most of the sales. I've got I've got uh, actually three people on staff now who do who sell for us. So I'm doing less sales now. I, I was doing there were a number of years where I did all the sales. Yeah. So uh, which was that was a lot. And I do, I'm, I'm primarily the, the lead person on the vineyard. I, I basically handle all of the sales and coordinate most of the projects in the vineyard. But I've got a really good project management team who, who help run a lot of the projects. My goal for, has been to try to get out of the weeds a little bit more because I would be so involved in every single step of the way for, for each project. But it, it's just, it's too much uh, to handle one person. And it's not, we're not nearly as sufficient. I make, I make plenty of mistakes. So yeah. having a good team around me definitely helps. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. That makes sense. When you and your brothers took over, what what are some of the early challenges you, you guys experienced? I know I understand you were in the business for a while, so it might've been a little bit smoother of a transition than someone just starting to start their own business. But what are some of the challenges you guys experienced as you, you took over? So when I got out of college, I, I actually worked for GTE government systems for just under two years. And I worked in a financial analyst position. Got it. At that time, my two brothers were full-time. They were, they had just both finished college or were finishing college. And they basically recruited me back to the business. They were making more money than I was. Yeah. They were spending winters in Florida, you know, they're <laughs> in their early twenties, having a great time. And although I had a girlfriend who's my, now my wife, um, it was, it was attractive to be able to take that time off. So, yeah. uh, so I, I came back to the business in late 89, but within a year, my middle brother, Paul, who was really the one kind of saying, Hey, you got to come back, you know, really can use you. He left and went to medical school. So it turns out I was more or less his exit strategy. He kind of looked at it like me get Dave back in the business. Then I won't, you know, I won't be, be under so much pressure not to leave. So he left the business at that time and went into medical school and he's a practicing doctor in Florida right now. Oh, wow. So my brother, Bob and I, and actually, actually Paul was still involved to a limited extent in the business, but the three of us bought my dad out in 96, yeah. uh, Paul being, you know, not really an active player. Early challenges for me was just, there was a little bit of a tug of war with, with my dad, as far as giving up control. It was a little bit difficult to, uh, for the first, maybe first season, first year of, you know, of just kind of giving up control, but, but he, that, that wasn't long lasting. And, and, uh, we worked that all out. And, and then once we kind of got through that, it was, it was great. We had a, and he stayed, he stayed active in the business for a long time. Uh, but he took his winters off and he kind of came and went as he wanted and, and kept a really keen interest in, in the growth. And, but that was probably the, just for me initially, just, just sort of what, all right, what am I running the company or am I not? Like what, yeah. what exactly, what are we, you know, how is this going to work? Yeah. What about, what about early successes when you, you know, when you guys bought, bought out your father, like, okay, I put my stamp on this company and like, we've, we've grown to this size due to some strategy or some sale that we made or some network that you ingrained yourself into. One of our biggest early successes, I actually played a limit. I didn't even, had they listened to me, it, we wouldn't have entered into it. So in 1990, we didn't had, didn't own the business at that time, but we were looking at at purchasing this flooring system. So we always built concrete wall pools, 10 inch concrete wall pools. That's what we that's what we did. 
but we were limited in terms of the shapes and sizes. They're basically rectangles, L shapes, and some lazy Ls. Okay. And this system that came out was a series of fiberglass forms that, with all different radius panels. So it allowed us to do build basically any shape that you can imagine. But at the time, it was like a forty or forty-five thousand dollar purchase. I was like, yeah, I don't think we need it. We, we've got enough shapes. We, you know, business is fine. And thankfully, my brothers and my dad didn't listen to me, <laughs> and we purchased it. And it was the best move. We, you know, we we really. It's been a great move. We still. It's given us a, a, a real leg up on the competition over the years. And 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 in the end, I ended up being the biggest. You know, I, I sort of trumpeted that the most. Like I'm the one that pushed pushed the envelope in terms of the designs and really breaking. You know, really doing the custom stuff. So I embraced it completely, but I was against it initially. Yeah. That's funny. That that was gonna be my next question. Why do you think you guys have been so successful up to this point? Is it because the, the custom designs and the shapes you can make are just kind of endless? No, it's it's all about customer service for us. It's yeah. that's what it is. I, I've always said that my dad and and, and I like I feel myself and my brother, he was a professional in a very unprofessional industry at the time. And it's not to take away from others that were in the business at the time, but but a lot of them were were hardworking people that that didn't necessarily have the education that my dad had and just didn't, you know, a lot of contractors, not so much now, but you know, you hear about it here and there about contractors not calling people back, taking the money and run, you know, that type of thing. And the pool industry had that reputation and still does to a certain extent, but was really bad in the in the 80s and 90s, yeah. just People coming and going. We used to say, like, if you look at a yellow page, it's from, you know what a yellow page is. Yeah, I know what a yellow page is. (laughs) If you look at one from, you know, year to year, it changed so much because so many companies would come and go. And a lot of times you'd have companies that was the same, the same ownership group that that would just open up year after year in a different name. So I, I think, you know, although my dad never took a business course in his life, he was educated. He was a professional in the, you know, as a teacher. And he took that same approach to the business. And and it's so cliche, but just treat people the way you want to be treated. I mean, yeah. it, it really is cliche, but that was how we did it. Like, and he taught us some really important lessons about just like, get back to people, you know, don't, if there's a problem on a job, like we're not perfect. And, I, and we've yeah. said this for years, like there, there are plenty of things that we've screwed up and we'll continue to screw up. It's not, that's not, it's how you deal with that and how you treat the customer from there. So if you make a mistake, you go, you get back to them right away, you get it fixed, you get it resolved and, and you move on. And when you don't do that, that's when you end up, you know, with the bad reviews or the lawsuits and, and, and just a bad reputation. So that approach was ingrained to us from the very beginning. And, and we're, we've carried that on, which has, you know, been a large reason for our growth yeah. and our employees have bought in and they, they provide a really high level of service. And, and that's, that's been central to our, to our growth over the years. I mean, yeah. we have a great product, we build a great product. We provide high level of service, but the core of providing good customer services, that's, that's everything. Yeah. Customer service is absolutely everything. You know, people, if you, if you screwed up and you got back to them right away, or you acknowledge that you screwed up and you fixed it immediately, people are going to remember that it's about the customer service. It's about the customer experience. Everybody understands people screw up. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, but if you're trying to hide from it, you know, that's a bad reputation to have and people aren't going to refer you. Ultimately, yeah. business is referrals. So you have happy yeah. customers, happy clients, people are going to refer you out. And that's ultimately, you know, how you grow a successful business. You know, how did, if we go back just, you know, 12, last year, how did COVID impact you guys from years prior? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> we, can keep, we can keep it short if you want. <laughs> it's been a it's been a whirlwind of the last year and a half. It's been just for everybody, but yeah, we went from in March when things shut down mid 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 March or so when things shut down to we had we might have had I don't know. 30, 30 deposited jobs, maybe going into yeah. the year. So we would typically pre-book half of our production for the year. So we, we had a you know good good amount booked, and then as the spring came along, we'd sell more and, and build them into fall, you know, into the summer and fall. So, but right when when COVID hit, we probably lost six jobs and just canceled or or put the deposit on hold or uh, weren't sure. We were like, oh, you know, we didn't know, we didn't know where it was going. So we sort of we were fortunate to get some PPE funds to help help things, you know, keep things going. And we didn't have to lay anybody off, but Good. we, uh, it was just a lot of uncertainty. The last thing I thought would happen was, is what happened. And, and we're, we're one of those industries that, that we've ultimately benefited tremendously from the changes that, that, that happened. And we went from what once there was maybe four or five weeks of just real quiet. We kind of kept going. Nobody stopped us. And we sort of said, no, you know, we're essential. We, we provide, yeah. Well, at the time, if you provided sort of sanitary services to residential, then you were, you know, like if you're a, uh, you own an exterminating business or something like that, you know, you're, you're essential. And we sort of felt like, you know what, if we don't open and treat these pools, they're going to become a hazard. Yeah. So we kept going. We actually, we really pivoted quickly and we said, okay, we sent the letter out to our customers and, and said, you know, this was in, in early March, mid March, said, if you, you know, most people don't open their pools until mid, early to mid May. They start, and then we kind of actually early May through through most of May and early June is when we do most of the openings. Yeah, and we incented people to open up earlier. We offered free chemical delivery, and we had I think a hundred, hundred fifty people open early. So we were able to keep our crews a lot busier earlier than normal because yeah. people realized, okay, they're going to be stuck home. So why not open the pool earlier? Yeah. So. That was a pretty pretty successful quick pivot. We had a real good success with our curbside at our retail locations. Our customers were really happy with that service. Our staff did a phenomenal job, just you know, in the retail servicing them. But then then what happened is the phones just started ringing and they they have not stopped. So we just kept going with selling pools to the point where we're we're now starting pools that were booked a year ago. So we ended up. Like pre-booking all of this year was by August of last year. Oh wow, Maybe. really? And now we're now we're booked. We're booked completely out of next year and booking for 2023. Holy so, crap! No, we're not alone. The whole the whole pool yeah. industry is the same way. It's been it's just been incredible the, the demand. But the people's um, the demographics have changed. People are they're you know they were the whole most of last year, but. The the idea of a more more of a hybrid workforce is yeah. real. That's that's going to be here. I mean, you're you're a good example of it right now, right? I, I am. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent remote now. It's funny. Like I was I was chatting about this yesterday to a buddy of mine. It's like I have an in person client meeting in like three weeks, and I'm dreading it. It's just like even driving <laughs> to the office feels like an inefficient use of my time at this point, you know. And like as you know, like I have a three week old daughter, right? So being home is has so many benefits to it where I'm, you know, God forbid something happens and my wife needs me, I can just shoot right upstairs. But yeah, my industry, a lot of industries, whether it's hybrid or fully remote, I think things were going that way, but this just sped up the process probably tenfold. And then also like with you too, 
it's interesting because I was curious how COVID impacted you because you provide an outdoor service, right? So it's not like you're indoor where people you like realtors had to figure out how to do, you know, how to do virtual tours of a home because they couldn't have people come by looking at homes that they wanted to buy. Uh, so you having an outdoor business was, I was curious how it impacted you. And it sounds like, you know, you, like you said, you guys have been a benefactor to it as, long, as, as much as the entire industry. But the fact that you're even booked through 2022 and you're booking for 2023 now is, is crazy to me. Uh, our sales have doubled since 2019. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's been wild. Pretty incredible growth. But you, it's funny you talk about COVID. So the way that we used to sell pools is I set up an appointment to come to your house. We, we would typically start in your house. Okay. And we'd sit down. Actually, we'd go in the house, put my laptop down. And when I say, let's take a look at the backyard. So we go out the backyard, talk about what you have in mind for the pool. I'll give you some ideas of where I think it can fit. Talk, you know, figure out what the setbacks are, this um, uh, septic system, where that is, if it's if that's a um, an obstacle or any ledge or anything like that, what trees would need to come down. Yep. And then we go back inside and I had a slideshow on my, on my laptop and my iPad that I would kind of go through the whole process. And it was just something we did. It was, and it, it, it started from 40 years prior, my dad being a teacher, wanted to teach people on how the pools are built. So he had a flip chart with photos Go okay. to, so it was, just, it was very, very informative. People really liked it, but it was probably not, well, in the end, it's not entirely necessary. It kind of was back then because we really wanted to teach people about why our pool made more sense than some of the other types. For sure, yeah. So we'd show the guts of it, the fact that it's a 10-inch concrete wall, et cetera. Now what, with COVID, we would, and those, those calls would be 45 minutes to an hour. And I enjoyed it. It was great, but it was probably way too much than we needed to, yeah. to get the job done. So COVID comes around and we start going in the backyard and some customers want you to wear a mask and that's fine. You know, we wear a mask, even though you're 15 feet apart, would cover everything in the backyard and we would, they would last 20 minutes wow. and they were just effective. And I don't know that I'll ever end up back in someone's kitchen. Like it, it's yeah. just, I haven't since. Uh, and I would just to handle everything in the backyard and, and we give them, Basically, just as much information. We don't necessarily break down all of the how the pool's built, the nuts and bolts. Yeah. But we're fortunate too. We've been around long enough that that people are, tend to be a little bit less concerned about that as they are just knowing that we've got a good reputation and we built yeah. their friends' pool and they were happy with us. So yeah. I'm not saying I could sell them anything, but they're they're they they know they're going to get a good pool. So yeah. it's more about what will work for them and how much is it going to cost and yeah. when can you do it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like that, you know, that meeting is 20 minutes versus 45. Yeah. Like I even, yeah, like I think of myself, like having three meetings in a day, driving to somebody's home or meeting somebody in an office, like that would take a full day. Now, like three meetings, I that's no more than three hours at this point, just right in yeah. front of my computer. It's three hours and like one minute basically before I can go do something else now. It's just, you're just as efficient, right? Oh, even more efficient, right? Like I, I think of like bringing, you know, bringing, you know, paper and just like writing notes down during a meeting. Now I just have a word doc up and I'm typing as you're talking on the other half of my screen or another monitor. It's just, you know, you type way faster than you write. It's just, it's just funny now thinking back, but that's just how things were. That's just how you did things. So it's just interesting. But so you, you've doubled your, you've doubled your business sales in the last two years, but you're not doing, you're not doing twice as many pools you said, right? Like, so how is it? As I told you, we, we did, you know, we would do 60 to 65 a year. We did 83 last year. Okay. We're going to do 120 this year. So we have almost doubled. Oh, the wow. Amount of yeah, we have. That's wild. So, 
and what we, we also introduced a new, a new line of pools that's been showing tremendous promise and growth, a line of plunge pools. Uh, this, they're uh, small precast uh, kind of drop-in pools. They're awesome. And that's been, that's been, we started marketing that in December and it's just been, it's been really good to the point where we're, we're sep- separating as a kind of separate as a separate company and we're taking on dealers and we're going to oh. really expand. Yeah, that's really cool because I've seen it all over social media and it's intriguing to me. Is it, how do you come up with that? Is that already been done before? Like how, how did you come across starting that? And what is like, so if for anybody listening, what exactly is a plunge pool? I know it's a smaller pool. Like who, who does it work for? Like what kind of clientele does a plunge pool work for? So there, there are a couple of companies that have been in this space for, for a number of years. So we've, we've kind of seen it. We didn't, we didn't come up with the concept, but we've, right. we've known the concept for a while. There's a company in, in um, Israel, actually, that's been doing this for quite a while. We were looking at that a number of years ago. My brother kind of stumbled on them. There's a couple of this company in New Hampshire. There's a company uh, that just entered the space from Australia, where they're really big in terms of popularity, and they've moved to Texas. So it's we're just the tip of the iceberg in terms of this category. They're kind of for almost anybody. If you, yeah. well, I'll tell you, a lot of, we're selling a lot of these to people that, that never thought they could have a pool. So the kind of the mindset is changed a little bit. So our, our tagline is uh, the brand that, the brand name we came up with is Plunge Plus. And um, the tagline is we call it the new way to pool because it's, it's, and we turn pool into a verb. It's kind of, um, it's just a new way to look at how you, what a pool is and what it means to you. Most people, when you, when you think of a pool from a size perspective, most people would think of the pool they grew up in. It's a 16 by 32. It might be 18 by 36, 20 by 40. That's a pool yeah. in most people's minds. When people think of a pool that they don't, until they see these, they don't, a nine by 16, they'll laugh at you. If you say, oh, you know, why don't you put a nine by 16 or a nine by 21? That's not a pool in most people's minds, it's, but that's starting to change. So when people see these, so if you have a small lot, Right. If yeah. the mindset is 16 by 32 and you you look at the backyard, I can't fit it. So I can't get a pool. So yeah. I'm out. I, yeah. You know, don't even think about it. But now you see these, you're like, wait a minute, this is really cool. Like I, I hear from more people, they say that the, the, the refrain is, you know, this is all you need. Like that's what people say. Them, oh, this, look at this. It's all you need. Yeah. And what I describe it as basically that you're buying the shallow end of a traditional pool. Shallow end, I've been doing this a long time, and I can tell you right now, the shallow end is where most people spend their time. Kids and adults spend more time in the shallow end than anywhere else. So you're basically buying the shallow end of a pool, so it's completely, totally functional. Our plunge pool is a little deeper than a traditional pool, so you're getting a little bit of a deeper soak. And one of the really nice things is you can you can crank it up. It's really efficient to run. It's less expensive than the, than the bigger pools, yeah. and you can heat that up like a hot tub really easily. Oh, it's, wow. Okay. It's quickly. So it kind of can double as a, as a pool and a hot tub. No kidding. So they're checking a lot of boxes. Um, we do, we do a lot of them down the Cape. So even, and I've got a number of them sold on the vineyard, even though you have the beach, it's nice to go back home to and jump in a pool or just forget the hassle of going to the beach, just hang out by the pool for the yeah. day. So that that's really it's, cool. It's, it's really cool. It really is because, like, I'm I'm more of a pool guy myself. I'm not the biggest fan of the beach. I hate getting I hate getting sand all stuck all over my skin. It's just I just don't enjoy it. I'm like a more of a pool guy, and I think of my house in Easton, where you know where you and I met, and I think of my backyard, and it was 
basically, if I wanted a pool, it was, it would have had like, I, this was, you know, we're going back 12 years, 14 years now, but if I wanted a pool, it would have been a 16 by 32, whatever, 20 by 40, 18 by 36, sure. something like that. Um, but that would have basically been my entire backyard. Not for nothing. I was surrounded by conservation land. So it probably wouldn't have worked anyways, but something like this, like something like this, uh, it's attractive in a lot of ways where you don't need to have a massive yard to have the pool. And like you said, the cost, right? So like, I don't know, you know, it depends on the design and the size of the pool, I'm sure, but a traditional pool versus a plunge pool, the costs of a, of a bigger pool might be too much for people. So this is kind of like a really happy medium in a lot of different ways that it is. Um, they can, you know, it's, it suffices what they're looking to do and have in their backyard. It's definitely, it's definitely less expensive. I, I will tell you, it's not, it's not necessarily less expensive on a per square foot or per gallon basis. Yeah. But in true dollars, it's, it's yeah. definitely a lot less, a lot yeah. less. So it's, it's definitely more attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And, and the other thing is it's a much quicker build. So if you, if you said, Hey, I want to, I want to, I want that 16 by 32 or an 18 by 36 pool. When can you build it? Well, you know, we'll see you middle of 2023. Well, how about a plunge pool? Well, I can, I can build that for you next spring. So oh, wow. okay. there is, there is the time element that's attractive, but I think even, even when demand, you know, overall kind of wanes or we catch up on the bigger, you know, being able to handle, handle more of the bigger pools, the plunge pools have a lot of legs. So they're, they're, this category like is really we're just at the tip of the iceberg. Wow. Okay. So we, we have a um, number of dealers that we have signed up and we have a lot of interest from a lot of other people that want to get into it. We, we, we hoping to have something to announce down South at some point. Okay. I don't want to say go. too much, but um, we've got something exciting there that we're hoping to, to be able to announce soon. And then uh, just random places that had a, organization from Canada reach out to me. They want to get in the business. Like, so it's like, it's, but it's, there's interest really starting to brew. So we're, we're really excited about kind of, we're not, we didn't originate, but we're kind of, you know, we think we've developed a really good brand that translates. We've got a, the process of how we build the pool is unique. We've got a, it's patent pending. We're hoping to get some patent protection for how we do it. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's fun. It, it's, I love that. I love our, you know, our, our core business. But this is this has been a really fun kind of yeah. project, showing some some pretty uh, pretty exciting growth. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, like, I guess, and if you can't get into the business model, that's fine. But like, the business model, if you know people reaching out to you, are they basically you're patenting this type of pool and then like leasing, or is it kind of like a franchise type of thing? Or um, so the the way that we build it is is just a different way that 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 others build it. So okay. we think it's, we hope it's unique, considered unique enough yeah. uh, from what's out there to, to get some protection. But even if we don't get protection, we're, we're early enough in the game and we're building enough mass out there and, and, and um, body of work that, that I think we'll, we'll do well with it either way. But we're, so we're, we're selling, we're not selling, but we're signing up. We're, we're not, we're not going the franchise route. Um, okay. We just, uh, I, I, I've looked into it a fair amount, but, there's a lot, there's just a lot that goes into that. And, yeah. and I can, I can more easily just build a dealer network that will yeah. sell through an authorized dealer network and we'll give protected territories. Yeah. So we're, we're built, we're, we're setting up dealers through, uh, you know, swimming pool, existing swimming pool companies. We've also identified landscaping firms as a, as a really good candidate to take on this product because yeah, they, they give them a really cool niche product. Yeah. So we've signed up a couple, um, a couple dealers that, uh, new one in Newport, one down the Cape, one soon on Nantucket. Nice. That are landscapers. 
Yeah. So that's huge. That's I didn't even think of that. That's really, that's really cool. Nice, man. Yeah. Our competitors, uh, Mark, just to, they, their, their business model is, is different. The, the other companies in the space, they go consumer direct. So they're going to sell you a pool. You pay them, but you're going to pay a third party to install it. We are um, turnkey. You know, we're going to, we're going to sell it and install it, maintain yeah. it, all that. And, and our dealers will be required to do the same. So it okay, just, it. It, t- it takes a lot of the coordination out of the consumer's hand. Yeah. And then having to serve as kind of a more or less a GC, having to coordinate all those pieces where that's what we do. We've got years and years of experience doing it. We're good at it. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. When my wife and I will probably be where we are no more than five, probably more likely like three years, but I'm telling her, like, I, I was like, I, I need a pool. Like I, I want a pool sure. at the next place. So depending on how big the lawn is, it'll be coordinate with you on the size of the pool that makes the most sense. But yeah, yeah. Um, that's really cool. That's such a, that's such a, a niche uh, market that you guys have explored into in the last, it's just been the last year, right? We've been in it a year, a year, yeah. a year and a half. Wow. Great. great. Um, we got, we really got, we've been talking about it for uh, probably three years. We did a lot of research to, and you know, it, from year three to like two years ago. And then we kind of just shelved it and didn't do much. And then it's really when COVID hit that, that kind of took a little bit of time and like, Hey, why don't we, let's, let's, Look at this a little closer. Yeah, that's pretty so, cool. I love I love yeah. seeing things that have come out of COVID. Like it's just pretty cool to see whether people were forced to pivot in a certain way or just ideas like this that you had time to allocate to try to research a little bit more to come out of COVID. It's pretty cool seeing the the positives that have come out of the situation. Yeah, um, um, it's it's pretty similar to when we when we got into gunite construction. We were always a vinyl vinyl liner builder, and okay. then in in 08, when things crashed. Uh, I think we hit a low point in 09 where we did maybe we went from like 75 or 80 pools to uh, 33, I think it was, oh, wow. that we finally we had an opportunity to, to bid on a, a really cool project on the vineyard and that was gunite construction. And we, you know, we were upfront that we had never built a gunite pool before this, but the timing just was right that we yeah. could kind of dedicate the time because we were slower. We could dedicate the time and the resources to doing it right. And, yeah. and we ended up getting the project. And that was that was huge. That that launched us to it launched us into the gunite business and it launched us into the vineyard. That's awesome. And you know, the, as I said before, the vineyard's been a huge part of our business, and, and gunite's grown to be a, a you know a, a really good segment of the business too. Yeah, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal, man. And then the uh, other thing, one other business that grew out of adversity was uh, uh, the water business. We've got a division where we we fill pools. We, we've got three okay. tankers tractors that, that we fill it's called Atlantic water and that this was my brother's baby he, he's actually the one that kind of came up with this where we, we bought this property where we are in Easton we had a situation where the, the company we, we were we used we worked with for 20 years filling our pools we never we never thought of getting in the water business and long story short it was there was more than more than a couple situations where they were sort of complaining to our customers about us about being disorganized my, my wife had been in in the hospital for like nine weeks with when my twins were, were still in utero that uh, early pregnancy, you know, she went in there, broke a water oh, wow. and she was in there, you know, holding off delivery for nine weeks. So I was in and out, this was in April of 02. Uh, so I'm kind of out of pocket. Then the guy that was running our line of department left us, which is like a cardinal sin leaving a pool company, like beginning of the year, you just don't do that. But yeah. so we, we were kind of, we'd schedule water and we, Cancel it the day before, and, and so they they kind of instead of kind of working with us, they got really kind of impatient and 
complained a little bit to our customers. So it got back to us more than a few times. So my brother kind of got frustrated and rightfully so. We said, all right, you know, we're kind of done with you guys. We hired another company to get through the season. And then he's like, you know, why don't we, why don't we drill for wells on our property? Let's see if we've got water. Oh, okay. I mean, like <laughs> I thought it was far fetched. We got a well company in. They drilled one well and it was like this geyser. And then uh, we, we, we sort of were done, sent them away. We got the water an- analyzed. It was terrific, like really high quality water. Had them back a couple weeks later, drilled two and two more wells. And now we're in the water business. <laughs> and then he found, uh, he sourced these 40,000 gallon steel epoxy line tanks that were made in 1968 for the Schlitz Brewing Company. Okay. Some bottling plant down south was selling them for sh- really, and to today's dollars, really short money. Had them shipped up here, so we fill those. They they constantly refill, so we can we could fill a tanker in ten minutes, and we fill our own pools. Wow, I didn't even know. Maybe I'm just I don't know the business at all. But I didn't even know that was a thing. I just kind of assumed people you you built a pool and then somebody just like has the hose tied up from their home and they just like fill it over like the next like forty eight hours or something. No, it's it's there's there's a few companies. There's a company in Braintree, Dalton Water. That yeah. They're they've been around forever. They've got the big turtles on the tanker. They're pretty I can pretty visible. That. Yeah, really really good company. Good people. They actually buy some water from us. They'll come in and pull up and we fill them up. Um, but they've been doing it for years. And there's a lot of what this depending on the municipality. There's water bans throughout the summer, so can't legally fill pools in certain towns. And also okay. there's the there's the um, urgency factor if if we're getting ready to put the liner in your pool or plaster your pool on a thursday and you're faced with either letting it fill and it's going to be 80 degrees out letting it fill through the weekend with a hose or for a thousand dollars fill up instantly with the tankers yeah all day and the kids tugging at you here like when can we swim when can we swim you'll fill it yeah all Um, day yeah especially you know you just spend whatever you spent on your pool like a thousand bucks is nothing to have it filled up immediately you know Right. Uh, that's awesome. Well, and, and then sometimes there's some of the quality of water is not good either. So you don't want to, if yeah, you've got a well, you don't want to fill that with a well that's going to introduce a lot of iron or copper or manganese into it. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. That makes sense. So what do you see? You've been in the business for a long time. What do you see for the future of Eastern Pool and Spa? It's a good question. I mean, I think we, we've experienced so much growth so rapidly. I, I kind of feel we need to kind of gain a little bit more con- control back, either you know, if we can hire some additional staff or go the other route and sort of not, not reduce staff, but maybe, maybe do a little bit less and yeah. do what we have a little bit better. I think that's something that, that we struggle with a little bit because it's just such a crazy environment out there. Like, you know, the whole supply chain yeah. issues, it's, it's very real. Like, yeah. Labor is really tough to come by. We're very fortunate. We've got a really good staff, got a lot of people that, that have been with us for, you know, well north of 10 years or more. That, that have been great, loyal employees. And, and by and large, we're, we're doing pretty good as far as the labor issue. Our subcontractors are probably struggling more than we are. Yeah. So that's causing projects to be delayed and take longer and longer. And, and if you can't get equipment to the job or you're backboard, it's, it's been a, it's been a t- most challenging year. And, and I'm not, I mean, every, everybody I talk to, and I'm sure you too, is uh, that's in construction or home improvement or, you know, you name it. Yeah. It's, it's, everybody's facing the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, but, so we kind of have to get a better handle on what, you know, exactly which way we want to take it. The, the growth is, the growth potential is unlimited. I've turned down, yeah. I can't tell you how much work. It's really, there's so much work out there. 
Wow. But not turn it down, just I can't get to it. So right. they either wait or they might go to somebody else who might be able to get to them sooner. The, the, the business is out there. And, and I see there's easily two years of runway anyways. Yeah, at least phenomenal. So that so the main business, we just got to sort that out. And then the plunge pools is really, you know, that's that's really, um, like I said, we're, we're, there's, there's a lot of growth potential there. And we're we're kind of working through that. And it's going to be fun kind of building out a dealer network. And yeah, that's so. pretty cool. That's cool. A lot, of, a lot of cool stuff going on. I'm always curious about this question with business owners. Do you ever picture yourself 100% retiring and just sailing off into the sunset and being out of the pool business? I really don't. Yeah. Because uh, I, I love what I do. I, yeah. I, I love it. I'm, I've been doing it a long time. So I'm fortunate that I, that I, that I have, I, and I can go into a backyard and I've seen enough of them. Yeah. I've seen yeah. everything that, is, that I, I can like, you know, kind of instantly kind of see, you know, how I would do things or give you, you know, ideas of how yeah. to do it. So if I, if I took a back seat in terms of running all of the, minutiae and all the, the details i could still just stay on and sell yeah so yeah i mean ultimately at some point down the road i could see myself you know just just selling pools yeah. and i could do that there's one there's one guy in our industry who's been he's in his 80s now that's not going to be me but there's a guy <laughs> and it's got to be in his early to mid 80s actually from up your way who is still doing it and god bless him i mean i, I won't be doing it in my 80s but <laughs> i can see myself doing it you know, well into my sixties or, you know, late sixties, yeah. as long as I can, if I, you know, God willing, I can spend the time in Florida and spend, you know, time yeah. with my kids, grandkids and golf when I want and, and all that. Then yeah. that's awesome. You know. So outside of work, uh, you had mentioned golf, you mentioned Florida. What are some of the hobbies that uh, you enjoy, you enjoy doing when you're not in the pool, like in the pool business? Well, I, I, I really like to golf. Got a great group of guys that I, that I, I belong to a club and that, We've got a good core group of guys and we play a fair amount of golf. I play at least once a week. I try to, yeah. um, I, my wife has played when she was younger and she's, she played a little bit this summer. I want to get into playing with her a little bit more. Nice. Um, I think that would be nice, you know, as we, um, age, age a little bit. So that'd be good. Yeah. Um, she's also taken a pickleball. I played it a couple of times and it's pretty, it's pretty fun. So I might, you know, maybe t- spend some time doing that. Nice. Maybe pick up tennis again. But yeah. those types of things, I I, um, I definitely enjoy. Cool. Yeah, I played pickleball a couple of times. It's fun, actually. It's either whether it it's either like a big ping pong or a small tennis court. Like however you want to phrase it, uh, it's like right in the middle. It's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of a lot of agility, like a lot of quick movements back and forth. I I enjoy it. it. And a lot of strategy. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I like it. Nice, man. All right, Dave. So last three questions I ask every guest on Boss's Best. The first one, if you, what advice would you give someone who's looking to start their own business? It doesn't necessarily have to be the pool business, but just, you know, piece of advice for any business. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I would say, you know, I, I've told a lot of people like, and, and this isn't as easy as it was for us, but if you can, if you can just try to set yourself apart you know, again, like my dad was professional in an unprofessional industry, but just set yourself, try to set yourself apart, find something that makes you different, have a core set of beliefs like we, like we do in terms of, like we talked earlier about just the, you know, providing the, the high level of customer service, treat people the way you want to be treated. And, and, um, you know, I, I think you'll be successful, whether, whether it's your first venture or that doesn't work and you keep trying, but yeah. You got to try and take some risks. 
Yeah. You know, don't uh, don't be afraid to take some risks. My 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 dad always respected, and I do too, but always respected someone who took a risk. I've yeah. got a really good friend who was a software. He was in software sales. He was a computer major at Bryant where I went. And then he was in software sales and he hated it. And he ended up going into the, like, to this, like, right-hand turn and became a mortgage broker. And he's one of SunTrust's top brokers. No way. Um, and, then, and then, like, you, you're a great example. You took a huge risk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's your story is amazing. Yeah. You know, so so take take a chance. Take 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 risk. But, but try to be calculated in how you do it. Yeah. Don't put... Don't put everything out there if you can't afford to lose it, but be, be willing to take some chances. Like we took, we took chances that, that gun and pool I mentioned, the first one we did, that was a 10, $10 million build, new house build on Martha's Vineyard. And we decided, okay, that's where we're going to go to build our first gun and pool. We've never built, never built a gun and pool. We've never built on the vineyard. It was a, you know, it was a calculated risk, but it was yeah. like, it could have been a big fail. Yeah. But it worked yeah. out for us and it's and it's launched us. So yeah. Um take Amazing. chances. Yeah. No, I love it. I appreciate I appreciate what you said. So second to last question. If you could tell your your 18 year old self one thing, what would you tell him? Oh boy. You know, when I was when I was 18 and in like in college, I I I wanted to be the stockbroker. Yeah. I ended up getting an internship senior year, which was fall of 87. And I was there for the big market crash. And I want to say October 19th of 87, 587 points, I think it dropped at the yeah. time was the most ever. Yeah. Uh, and I saw, I saw like the anguish on these brokers faces. Like it's like, and I've decided, you know what? I, I don't, I don't think I have the, the, what it takes for that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I, be, you know, I took a job as a financial analyst and then, but even when I came back to the pool business, I was like, there was all, I always felt there was something missing. Like I, I like I didn't see the value. Like I didn't see the future that it's provided me. Yeah. So like I went, I took I took the LSATs. I went back for my MBA. I didn't finish it, but because I got to the point where I was taking these classes and I could teach the classes. I had so much experience running a right. business. I'm like, why, why am I wasting my time? Yeah, I right. have everything I want right there at my fingertips. So yeah. I don't know. I, I I guess I'd say just. Uh, Trust that you're on the right path. And, and you know, I wasn't really, not that I was unhappy. I just didn't see what I ended up seeing shortly after. No, so sometimes fair. it takes it, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's a great answer. I think it's a great answer. Last question, Dave. Everyone has a varying depiction of what success looks like to them. So how do you define success? First and foremost, I think, I think it's your happiness level. If you get up every morning and you enjoy going to work and you, and whatever that role is, whatever that job is and, and your personal life, you're in the same thing. When you go home, you're happy to go home to your wife or your, your significant other. Yeah. Then that's, I mean, that's success yeah. right there. So I, I mean, does the, you know, monetarily, of course that, that, that always helps, but there's so many different ways to define success. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's plenty of people that have been more successful financially than, than we have at Easton pool, but, for us, like we're we, we've got a business that's we're admired by our customers, by our vendors, by the manufacturers. Uh, we're we're in a really great position, so we're as successful as as you know. I, I'm I'm really blessed, and and I'm especially blessed that my dad saw all that before yeah. he passed away. He was really very impressed with what my brother and I had done with the business and where we took it, and really took it to another level. And he yeah. he was in awe, and so that's awesome. Yeah. That's success. 
No, no, I think that's a perfect answer. It's a great way to end the podcast. Dave, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on Boss's Best to uh, chat about Easton Pool and Spy. We appreciate the time, man. I appreciate it, Mark. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely, dude. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to say thank you for checking out my podcast. I really do appreciate the love I've received for this show. I believe now more than ever, any exposure to local businesses is great for them to receive, and I'm trying to do my part. If you are a local business owner or someone you know in the Boston area that would like to be featured on the podcast, please email me at bostonsbestpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please follow this podcast. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. You can also find us on Instagram with the handle at Boston's Best underscore podcast, as well as Facebook at facebook.com backslash Boston's Best podcast. Again, I truly appreciate the great feedback for this show and stay tuned for each new episode every Friday at 8 a.m. Take care.